Hey everybody, Chris Harry with you on Chargers Weekly. We're back in Los Angeles. A bit later, Haley Elwood and Ricky Henney of Chargers.com will join me to put a bow on the NFL scouting combine. But first, my guys Dan Hansis and Mark Sessler of NFL.com join Chargers Weekly from Indianapolis. And a special guest crashed the party too. Check it out. All right, I'm here with the king of NFL podcasts, around the NFL crew. What? Dan, Mark, what's up, guys? That's a tremendous intro. I'm all in. I love this podcast. I agree with the analysis right out of the gate. Thank Chargers you. Weekly, five stars. <laughs> what's this week like been for you guys? Um, I mean, t- to me, I feel like the Combine, it's, it's a quick week. We're only here for, Dan, I think, is leaving tonight. He's here for 48 hours, for me, about two days. It's a rush of coaches and general managers mostly saying nothing. So the quest is to try to get some level of information out of them and then a lot of alcohol. Yeah, a lot of alcohol. There's some steak ingested, at least for me, not the vegetarian mark. But we, yeah, it's like for me, I like to get a, a handle on like these coaches, especially the new ones. And I yeah. wrote about it on our website today, um, the what their personalities are like, because they're not going to say a lot. They're yeah. not going to talk about who they like in the draft. They're not going to talk about free agents. They don't really want to talk about anything. So for me, it's more just like getting to know these guys. Did you get to squeeze anything out of these guys? Because I, I didn't get a chance to, to hear Gruden and some of these other guys that were in the mix. I think it's, I think as Dan said, it's really more you get a sense because for us especially, we're not around uh, the teams yeah. very often. We're often located in L.A. doing stuff in our office. You get a sense for these coaches, who they are, their personalities, especially general managers who don't talk a lot. In terms of like hard-hitting news, I find that that seems to happen while you're walking down the hallway. It's a tweet from Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter. They'll drop some bomb. It's not coming in these press conferences. They're really good at saying very little. Yeah, there are... If you listen closely, you'll pick up things like Gruden's a perfect example Dan's able to decipher that I don't yeah. I don't have that that yeah. skill he's got a gift yeah, yeah. more advanced <laughs> yeah. football experts yeah. like myself <laughs> like Gruden will say you know Amari Cooper is going to be the the star of our offense like okay this guy's all in on Cooper or Marshawn Lynch he's my guy like you could kind of put it together that he what what like Gruden's plan is and and John Gruden I thought was the star of day one of the press conferences he was just charismatic and he he seemed like he had that extra polish on him after 10 years on tv yeah feeling uh, good i saw, good I saw him shaking hands with some of his espn colleagues he, he felt uh, good to be in the mix well, as the head he's guy he's bulletproof he yeah. just signed a 10-year 100 million dollar deal i thought um I, th- I thought kyle shanahan came across uh great matt patricia i know you liked him dan matt patricia some of the new guys i thought matt Nagy went for, for the bears the whole nfc north which i've which has somewhat bored me. The Lions I've always found to be a tough watch. The Bears have stunk for ages. Like, they have two coaches that give you a little bit of a, a different name brand, I think. I think we're getting bum rushed I don't here. know if you guys are really giving him thoughtful answers here. I like a little more focus. I Wait, know you have it in you, but let's just let's dig a little deeper. Like, I know they stayed you know, out late. Honestly, this is like Game of Thrones because I, I, I introduced these guys as the king of NFL podcasts. And then, Whoa, the, 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 Chris. Then the king really? came as, You know, this, he's the pauper. Wow. Actually, no, no, I don't yeah. think he's the pop. Not, not this time of year. Not we, this time of year. We tried to get Daniel to come on, on our show today to give us some of his wisdom about the draft, you know, knowledge we don't have, and he flat out uh, said he would not come on. So it's true. real. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. 100% There's, it's not, it's not, nothing inaccurate about that. DJ, I think everybody give, us, give us a draft hey, Chris, nugget if you in need passing. Anything, if you need anything, you just let me know, pal. I got you. <laughs> anything at all. Really, seriously. An I, hour, I got you. Hey, Chargers is 17, though. Yeah. Real quick, what do you think? Defense, you went, you go offense, offense, offense in rounds one, two, and three last year. They got to shore up the defense a little bit. Yeah, look, I, I think linebacker. If one of those linebackers, look at Rashawn Evans from Alabama. If if for some reason you get lucky, I think one of the best players in the draft, Roquan Smith, falls in your lap. 
plug them and play them. I feel yeah. like we've heard enough from Daniel All at right. this point. That was good. <laughs> that was so I lo- far. I love that that just happened, honestly. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, DJ did turn us down for our podcast that we're taping. Did he really? So we, we got him somehow. So who'd you yeah. get? You had, you had Rap Sheet yesterday, right? We had Rap Sheet yesterday. Chase Goodbread of our college team on NFL.com is coming on our podcast uh, today. So we... We are more like the pro guys, and we. This is a learning time for Mark and I because we're not like we're not on Saturdays like huddled up around a television. I mean, pro the stress on professional. That's what we are. We're <laughs> professionals, but uh, no, but no. When it comes to the college players, it's right. I mean, we don't. Saturday during the season is really our only day off, and yeah. we're married. We have kids. We would be not married, and we would be far away from our kids if we also use Saturdays to watch college football. Well, I want to ask you guys about the horses. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the AFC West. We're two months into the year. There's already been wild changes you get like six new coaches in Denver two pending trades at the Chiefs is really going to change the landscape of their team you got a new coach in Oakland we talked about John Gruden yeah you look at the Chargers a little bit of continuity mm-hmm. Gus Bradley coming back Wisenhunt coming back coach Lynn's second year uh, what do you make of this division it's early but what do you make of the, the West the Chargers have always like they were our team of ATL a couple of years ago we were always high on the Chargers and and you think that any year they could they have 11 wins in them you think that they could put it together and and I'm going to feel the same way this year I think the AFC West in general is kind of a low Loaded division potentially. I think it could end up being. We were talking about on the show last week what what division could potentially produce three playoff teams. I think it could come out of the AFC West. Yeah, it just it wouldn't surprise me if like, along with the Chargers, if they suddenly went twelve and four. They the talent is there, and I I really feel like they they were so. They had peaks last year where you saw what they had a game against the Patriots where they lost that game, but they played with them and you thought this there's a you, lot to like about this Chargers. You're within team. one possession, seemingly right. every loss, and you start 0 4. And I always go back to the two games that are you're gonna look back and go, oh my god, the Dolphins game week two, you missed the two field goals, uh, Young Way Koo, right, the first kicker, and then the Jacksonville game where you have a lead with two minutes to go and you pick off Blake Bortles I think twice. I think Trey Boston had two picks in like the last two minutes. Yeah, I mean they really feel like a team that could they could win the division they could go six and ten it wouldn't be shocking but the Broncos to me it's like if they get if they get Kirk Cousins if they find a way for, if John Elway finds a way to complete that kind of a deal that for, the, the whole division changes if they don't I could see the Raiders and the Broncos actually not being that good the Raiders I get Gruden and Gruden's a nice personality but I feel like they're closer to the team they were last year than the 12 win team that won a lot of weird games two yeah. seasons ago think about the Chargers Dan they have a lot of guys coming back on both sides of the football. Not a lot of free agents. Trey Boston's a free agent. And then you got this number 17 overall draft pick. And then you essentially have a redshirt year for Forrest Lamp and Mike Williams. Yeah, and you, you brought it up with the special team struggles. You got a good kicker in there. I, th- I, I love the Chargers. Joey Bosa, another full season for him. Philip Rivers, what does he have? A couple of years left of his prime. You know that one of these years, I think it's going to click. And the Chargers, I feel like, are a sexy pick heading into 2018 for me as a playoff team. All right, Combine, we talked about some of these prospects. You guys are kind of learning these guys, like a lot of people who cover the NFL on a full-time basis. What do you want to get out of this week to take back to Culver? I mean, I think that what we're going to end up talking about, like everyone else, is it tends to kind of be more at the offensive side of the ball, and it's the there's it's an incredible quarterback class in terms of none of them seem like a plug-and-play Andrew Luck. They all have like little quirks about them, so it's really interesting to see how teams come out, kind of weighing them. Saquon Barkley seems to be like the, the, we're we're getting 
for the next year in a row, another great running back to add to, to these. So whatever team gets him, their running game becomes like one of the biggest powers in the NFL potentially. So I, for me, I gravitate towards the kind of the offensive skill position players that can transform offenses. Yeah, yeah and we saw with Deshaun Watson last year. One of these guys is probably to come in and click right away. And, and it's always like, oh, this guy's raw. He needs time. Most of them are starting by week one, maybe week five. So I'm excited to see this quarterback class. It's been a while since there's been this many quality guys coming out. Yeah, and it's like, I feel like as long as we've been doing our podcast, the NFL, you, the, you, it's how can you not find 32 human beings on the planet to play quarterback at a high level? There's That's always five or six teams with major issues at that position. So let's say that three or four of these guys come in and actually become functional starters. You're getting close to the point where every one of these teams finally has a quarterback, including Dan's Jets. That will never happen, Mark. You know that. <laughs> Is Kirk going to New York? I don't think he will. It sounds like the signs are pointing towards the Vikings you got, now. You got the Jeremy Bates it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense, and they have all the money in the world, and they have the platform in terms of uh, New York. Uh, I like to think that they're in the mix, but I've been distressed by these Vikings reports, and it makes so much sense that Minnesota would be a nice fit for him. Ian Rappaport said on our podcast also that Arizona could be a surprise team that makes a real hard run. So I, ve- I feel like the Jets are not a favorite by any stretch, but I'm hoping – I'm hoping Cousins ends up there. I like how people are acting. Uh, just we're trying to connect the dots. The Kirk Cousins and Jeremy Bates are like the Hardy Boys that like spent like they well, they barely ever know, worked you, together. You've, seen, just, you've yeah. seen a video with uh, Jeremy Bates and McVeigh in the same room, and you're connecting these like dots right. of like Shanahan Tree, McVeigh, and Kirk <laughs> likes Kyle and Sean. Therefore, he may like Jeremy Bates. It's like Von Miller's like I like Lucky Charms too. Come to Denver. It's like <laughs> what? This is like a an NBA type free agency thing with Kirk that we rarely ever seen the NFL it's fun you have to go back to Peyton Manning five years ago to have a sweepstakes that that was the ultimate I think because Manning was such a high profile guy and And he was taking he was taking visits taking visits it was a whole thing and I don't think anything will match that but it's truly fun to have I think Cousins is a top 15 top 12 quarterback and to have a guy at 28 years old hit the market it makes sense why everybody's going crazy for him I'll say this too with potentially five quarterbacks going in the first round if you don't need a quarterback you're licking your chops because all this talent is being pushed up. Like, let's say, for instance, the Chargers, say five quarterbacks go in the top 15. You can have your choice of a defensive player like a Derwin James or like some of these defensive linemen from Alabama, Michigan. I mean, there's a lot of options. It's perfect. And that makes the first round that much more intriguing because, I mean, every year teams are going to reach for quarterbacks that aren't all there. And it's usually there's only two of those guys in the first round that that happens with. There could be five or six to go in the first round this time, and that at makes the first round insane. And you do wonder with the Chargers what their plan is, succession plan behind Rivers, would they potentially be in the mix themselves for a quarterback? Yeah, you don't know first, second round. That's why guys like uh, Kyle Laletta, this guy from Richmond who's a CA player of the year, he's a name people are hearing about. Mason Rudolph, who didn't play in the senior bowl, has a chance to perform and kind of get in the mix with some of these guys in the top five. So it'll be interesting. You guys got to go do a pod. What do you have going on this week? And just plug everything. Look, Dan is Dan is leaving in about six hours, so his week You're is... You're catching a flight right now, right? Or out of here. I'm doing the pod, and I'm out of here. I can't work with Mark another day. Yeah, it's been a very <laughs> tough many, week on that front. Well, you know, they do... Um, they used to sort of say, hey, we'll continue to spend dollars on you uh, to stay an extra three or four days and become less productive as each day creeps on, but they've kind of... They've figured that out, that we uh, that we really <laughs> lose uh, aspects of professional uh, approach to our job as, as the week creeps along, so I'm out tomorrow. They, they've put a clamp on this on this week for us. And here's the plug, the Around the NFL podcast, three times a week. Check it out, NFL.com. 
Leave a rating. Leave stars. Leave reviews. Apple podcasts. five stars. Five stars for all these podcasts we're talking about. Too. Even DJ and Bucky, right? Move the sticks. Yeah. Five stars. He has a podcast. <laughs> That's good for him. Thanks, He's an fellas. underdog. Thank you. <laughs> right back here on the West Coast at the Hogue Performance Center, here with Haley Elwood and Ricky Henney of Chargers.com. Back from the combine. What's up, guys? Not much. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm well rested now. And I'm missing the shrimp cocktail. We had some shrimp cocktail a couple of times, and you know, not so hot and spicy, but it's always good to be back here in L.A. We're also in like much larger confines than we were last week. Last week, we were very close together. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that. No, but, but, but you're right. Radio Row is a little bit tight. A little tight. We're right between like the Giants and the Ravens. Yes, the Vikings. Yeah. The Vikings. Yeah. It was fun, though. What was your... I guess there's so many things to take away from the combine. It was long. It was like five or six days. What were your overall takeaways? Then we'll get into some specific stuff. Everyone loves the Chargers. I mean, this is the team everyone expects to take an even further jump next year, and they don't need to add many pieces. They just basically need to shore up a couple areas, add some depth, and they really think that this AFC West is the Chargers for the taking. I think the funny thing for me was having been at the combine in 2017, coming off a 5-11 and 11 season, people were very excited about this team. People, even though they had, they were what, last in the division, they were 5-11, and 11, people were like, hey, I expect really good things in 2018, 17, I'm sorry. 2017 happened, they get to 9-7, and seven, and then you're here in 2018 at the Combine and people are going, yeah, they can take it even further. So it was almost like as good as things were last year, they're even better this year, obviously, because they proved in 2017 what they could be as a team. And then one last thing that I loved is just talking to uh, players from other te- coaches from other teams, media members that covered other teams, and staff members from other teams, and the ones that were in the playoffs said they were happy the Chargers didn't make it because they were the one team they did not want to see in that playoffs because they thought they were going to make a run. No, you're right. And to your point, Haley, I think it's how you finish. Mm-hmm. You, you win nine of your last 12, you were arguably one of the hottest teams in the NFL at the end of the season. It just came down to a few kicks in that 0-4 start that everybody bounced back from that really could have been the difference between getting to the playoffs and making some noise and being in this position now, which isn't too shabby because you have a lot of expectations and hope in 2018. I think that's the one thing that a lot of people said to Ricky's point. They like this roster. I think it was Mike Clay or Adam Kaplan. One of the guys said, like, you look at the 53, this is a good 53. And obviously there's going to be some change and you're going to add players in the draft. But you can really only get better from this point going forward. And if there's one position that um, experts and pundits and maybe the charters need to add to, really the only one that really came up that much was linebacker, which which makes sense. You know, the, the way the team performed against the run, Denzel Perryman missed some time. So if you're talking about areas the team may f- – address in free agency that starts uh, next week or the drafting prospects, that's pretty much the one area that uh, pundits said the Chargers probably need to invest a little bit more. But everywhere else, it's just shoring up a need here or there. And again, they're pretty uh, bullish about the bolts. Yeah, we're going to get into some of these prospects, including linebacker, because I think that's a position of interest, especially in the first round. But free agency, there's not a lot of free agents either. Trey Boston's a free agent. Antonio Gates is a free agent. You have largely this team coming back on both sides of the football. And we talk about the draft and last year's draft. Mike Williams and Forrest Lamp essentially were red shirts last year. You're bringing two really quality uh, starters into the fold here in 2018. Absolutely. I think the other thing for free agency and talking with Adam Kaplan, because he's a guy, you know, he always has his ear out. Yeah, he's he plugged knows, in. He's plugged in. He said one of the biggest things, and it's not really a thing that you think of with free agency, but it's extending guys whose contracts are year 
are up a year from now. So maybe taking care of those in-house guys, maybe like a Casey Hayward, maybe that's something this team addresses in free agency. Not necessarily going out and getting like big names. And taking care of your age. own. Taking care of your own. Can't say any better than Haley did right there. And the Chargers have shown a willingness to do that. Uh, years past, guys like Corey Legit, they locked up beforehand. Most recently, a couple of years ago, was Keenan Allen. And when you look around, you have a guy in Casey Hayward who is a two-time pro bowler, a two-time second-team all-pro. He's one of the th- – Tom Telesco, he is awesome. And I mean awesome at those week two free agents. The guys like Danny Woodhead a couple years back and Casey Hayward is certainly a shining example. So when you're looking ahead at free agency and Telesco kind of alluded to this in his press conference, you know, there's a lot of teams with a lot. And I mean a lot of cap space, maybe half the league. So they're going to be out. They're going to be really outbidding each other. And who knows who may slip through those cracks a week later. But I think that might be where you really see the Chargers do most of their work, which is what Telesco has really proven to be really great at. You know, another great example of that is Melvin Ingram, a guy who was franchised last year and got extended, but had probably his best season in the NFL across from Joey Bosa. So you just talk about guys that are in-house getting paid, but at the same time producing. 100%. 100%. So it's going to be interesting coming up this week. You know, usually maybe a day or two before free agency or a little bit after is when you have those in house free agents. And you mentioned there's not that many of them this year. I mean, Gage is one that you think about, Trey Boston. Uh, but there are some guys who are restricted free agents. I'm thinking of someone like Tyrell Williams, yeah. and a, a guy like Adrian Phillips. So we'll see what the Chargers do in that area. We look at some of these premium positions. Talking to Greg Cosell of NFL Films at the Combine. These premium positions like defensive end, a lot of people are in search of just one good edge rusher. The Chargers have two, and I think there's something to be said for that, locking up guys like that so you can kind of, I guess, grow your roster and, and, and level out your roster after you kind of plug in those premium guys. I, I agree with that, and I think one of the things that experts and pundits had said was, a, a, in regards to the roster, was you look at this Chargers roster, I think it was Mike Clay who said, it's kind of on par with some of the best teams in the league, like yeah. New England. I mean, especially you look at the pass rush. But this team has key players at almost every position on the roster that are legit, legit guys in the NFL. And then we talked also recently about retaining some of these free agents. And I think it's important to note that the Chargers arguably already retained the most important pieces, and that's Gus Bradley and that's Ken Wisenhunt. Because universally at the Combine, People could not stop talking about the job that this staff did in year one, the growth that some of these people made, as well as we start out 0-4, which growing pains are expected early on when you have a lot of transition and coaching and obviously a relocation. But they kept this team together, and they ended up winning 9 of 12. So they said keeping that continuity was imperative, and the Chargers got this offseason off to the start that they had to. That's the word, continuity. Because you look at the AFC West right now, and I think I've said this to – pretty much everyone I've talked to over the past couple of months, just all the radical changes that are going on in the division. You have a new coach in Oakland and John Gruden who spoke at the Combine. A lot of new coaches under Vance Joseph in Denver, and then some of these pending trades in Kansas City really going to alter the landscape of their roster. Yet, you look at the Chargers, they were in this position last year where they had a lot of change. This year, continuity on the football field and in the, in the front office and coaching staff. Absolutely. And that, yeah, continuity, stability. I forget. I was asking one of my video guys, like, who, which experts said, said the word stability? <laughs> maybe all was, of them. Maybe <laughs> all of them. That was the general takeaway. It remains a constant. And that's super important. And to your point, so much change happened with this team a year ago. But to now keep what's been going, add a couple pieces, lose a couple pieces, whatever, even things out, it's a, 
it, it bodes well for them heading into 2018. Yep. You mentioned adding a couple pieces and retaining a couple pieces, and the Chargers are getting back a, a guy who's pretty talented, and that's Jason Verrett. He's a little bit of an X factor because, you know, he's missed a lot of times recently, but everyone knows you need cover corners. The Chargers have arguably the best in the league in Casey Hayward. They have a young guy who continued to take those steps in development in Trevor Williams, and now all of a sudden you add Jason Verrett, who's a pro bowler, and he has to prove that he is what he is, but if he's able to, I mean, that's an outstanding secondary. And going back to the point about continuity, I think also that starts with head coach Anthony Lynn. And I think one of the biggest takeaways from him that I I jotted down was in his presser, he was asked what he learned about his first year. And he said that everyone in the building got the memo that I was the head coach, except for me. Yeah. And I I was kind of stunned at that statement. I mean, he said, you know, he needed to not be a coordinator. He needed to not be a position coach. He needed to let his guys do that job and he be the head coach. And Adam Kaplan had said in terms of retaining Gus Bradley and Ken Wisenhunt, having a year now where all these guys work together, they work the kinks out, they won nine of the last 12, got to nine and seven, it can only get better from here. And everyone knows their role and everyone knows how to kind of work with each other. And that That'll be really great for this team. You bring up Anthony Lynn. Uh, I talked to him about his Hall of Fame coaching tree with Bill Walsh, Bill Parcells, Mike Shanahan. I mean, even even Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan's not a Hall of Famer, but he had a, a heck of a, a run in New York. And learning from all of these Hall of Fame coaches, to your point, Haley, something clicked for him. I think maybe maybe right after that 0-4 start, he never wavered, and, and the guys were right behind him 100% of the way. I was going to say one other thing I learned from him, the comment, he's a rock star. Like Anthony Lynn walks into a room and people go to him. He like people gravitate towards Aylin. It's kind of cool when you, you just that. You just learned that? That's, that's an oh, Anthony Lynn yeah, trademark. Like, I know, but we see it here all the time. So when, you, so when you go someplace else and you well, see... Especially like, the Combine, Haley, because right. everybody's there. It's I mean, you have 32 anyone. coaches and GMs. You have all the media there. And you're right. That... Thursday, I believe it was, yeah. when he spoke. I mean, he's a good morning football. I think all of us talked to him in different forms, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, video or podcast or text. And he he looked relaxed to me. He looked like he's been there before and, and he's really confident heading into 18. I think my favorite moment of the combat with Anthony Lynn and just a transition going forward about maybe some Chargers needs or big questions like everyone want to know is the Chargers going to have a quarterback of the future afterwards? And he's like, you know, I think we may have that on the roster right now. And Cardell Jones, he was not afraid to plant his flag down there and say, I am not sure that this guy right now is not necessarily our quarterback he of the future be. because he has some talent and he has a skill set that you do not see often around the league. I want to get into quarterback. Before we do that, just putting a, a bow on Coach Lynn and Teleska, what we learned. We didn't talk about uh, Tom's presser, but I know we all had an opportunity to talk to him as well. Uh, what did you guys take from from Tom's press conference? I, I mean, Tom's been doing this, and now this is his sixth time, and he, he was open and honest. Uh, he was asked about the kicking game, and obviously he knows that that has to get better. And what I thought was really interesting was his take on you know salary caps and how those, like we mentioned earlier, some of these teams are going to have a lot of money early on, so you don't know how, how that shakes up. But Tom's always an honest guy, as honest as you can be in this kind of a situation at least. Uh, but he also mentioned that, you know, Cardell, he's got some talent, and we did not see much of Cardell Jones outside of the preseason game. But you have to remember, he came to this team, what, three weeks before that, but Tom and Lynn, they saw him every day at practice. Yeah. Now, this, they say, is going to be a major, major offseason for him, and I think he's a guy that all Chargers fans, based on what Tom and Lynn both said, really need to keep an eye on right now. Haley, I agree with what Ricky says, too, because I think with Cardale Jones, it's kind of an unfair grade 
in preseason being that he just stepped into the building, yeah. you know, right in a brand new situation. And, you know, Phil has been under center here, hasn't missed a start since 06. He was thrown into the fire. Yeah. And so, like, to Ricky's point, this will be a huge offseason for him because he'll take what he learned in 2017 and now apply it to 2018 with that offseason program. And it's like you look at guys like Mike Williams, you look at guys like Forrest Lamp, who also didn't get that opportunity really – their growth this year will be very interesting and, you know, hopefully measured and trending in a positive direction. And then one thing that both Tom and Lynn said uh, when asked what this team needs to get better at, they weren't afraid to say our linebackers need to play better. They absolutely need to. So I think it's fair to say they're looking at avenues to do that, whether it's free agency, whether it's the draft, whether it's developing some of these young guys, because there were a lot of undrafted guys that the team brought in that they are high on. But I think you're going to see an open competition. I think you're going to see in one way or another some new guys added in, and that's one area the Chargers expect to get better in, and quite frankly, they have to. Free agency is going to dictate a lot of what happens in the draft. And that starts at quarterback. You know, I talked to so many people about Kirk Cousins and Case Keenum and all these uh, unrestricted free agents that are quarterbacks. I also got a lot of questions about our quarterback situation, as I, I, I know you guys did as well. Selecting a quarterback in the first round or the second round, uh, I think there's pros and cons to each. I know a lot of people have varying opinions. Uh, what did you take from that, Ricky? It's kind of funny because I think universally pundits think this is the time. I know Ian Rappaport came out when I was talking to him and said this is absolutely the time. But what's funny is that while they say this is the time to do it, they also said this is absolutely not the time to transition away from Philip Rivers. Like, Philip's got two, three, four, like a good amount of time left. He just came off of leading the league's number one passing offense. So while there is some, certainly some high caliber players in the first round, maybe a guy in the second round that could be just as good as those first round guys, like Mason Rudolph, who actually worked out with, with Philip a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, they say this is the time to do it. But it is not time anytime soon to move on from Phillip Rivers. Haley, do you think that the fact that the Chargers went offense, offense, offense last year in the first three rounds, two of those guys didn't really contribute as much this year just because they were injured. Do you think that that gives the Chargers some some leeway to maybe think about a quarterback early? I think it could. I think when we were talking, we were sitting there talking with the Vikings radio guys, and they were talking to us. They're like, why don't you guys take a quarterback? You know, kind of like the Ian Rappaport thing. For me... I look at it this way. A pro is if you take a quarterback in the first round, you're obviously building for your future. And it's not a slight on Phillip Rivers at all because yeah. he's the guy. He's quarterback. He's going to be under center next year, year after, whatever. But this team picks at 17. And it's like how many of those guys, those big-name top five quarterbacks, will be there at 17? Do you risk mortgaging your future possibly if you want to move up and get one of them? That's kind of a thing that it's like a little bit of a twofold thing. Unless there's a guy that you think is in, you know, you can get in the second round or later rounds, Daniel Jeremiah, rattle off a couple names. Um, but it's kind of like a two-part, it's a two-part thing for me. It is. And, and Ricky, for me too, let's say, as Haley said, let's say five quarterbacks go in the first round. Let's say five quarterbacks go in the top 15. You're pushing up so much talent at premium positions that the Chargers could snatch up. Now, this is my opinion on it, and I'm going to say I think this is the absolute right opinion on it. I'm not afraid to say that, but if the Chargers do take one at 17, if they do move up to get one, it's because they love him. They have had opportunities in the past to get one, and this one quote from Anthony Lynn really resonated with me, in which he said, I plan on being here for the long haul when, when he was asked if they're going to want to maybe use a first-round pick. You know, I'm going to be here for the long haul, and if I can get my uh, future quarterback right now, well, you know, why wouldn't I? 
I'm looking at the big picture here. Now, personally, I think Phillips playing an outstanding level. I think you could really capitalize on this window and add some playmakers around him, which is why if the Chargers do choose to take one early, it's because they really, really, really believe in him. Who did you guys like from this quarterback crop? You know, obviously we had the big five. Darnold didn't throw. Lamar Jackson didn't run. Uh, so I think it was Rosen that did everything. It was Baker Mayfield that did everything. It was Josh Allen that did everything. Then there's some other guys. You mentioned Mason Rudolph, Kyle Laletta from Richmond, Luke Folk from Washington State. Um, when you looked at some of the quarterback stuff that happened over the weekend, did anything stand out? I think one of the guys whose name had come up like early last year was Josh Allen, and then he kind of fell by the wayside because you had the L.A. kids kind of come in yeah. kind of hot and, and all that. But he, I mean, he threw what, like a 60-yard pass, 70-yard pass or something? Like <laughs> looked like a 90-yard like pass Like a 90-yard pass, yeah. I don't know, 100, <laughs> who knows. He had a really great arm, and I think one of the things that I read, I think it was Pete Prisco on CBS.com said, um, CBS Sports said that he was so impressive with his knowledge of the league, but he was impressive as a, as a person. And look, these guys, some may come in and start right away, others may come in and get the opportunity to sit, but whoever is vying for a quarterback position in the NFL, you're leading a team. So you better be as good of a person and as good of a leader as you are in your skills and as a player. You know, Ricky, sometimes we get caught up in the combine and that clouds a lot of opinions that people had before the combine. I remember talking to Adam Schefter last year and he said, I think it was an NFL high-ranking official, said that Josh Allen is going to be the number one overall pick in 2018. Obviously, his year didn't go as planned. He played against competition that wasn't as great as a Rosen or a Darnold. But that talent was awfully hard to ignore this weekend. And there's one thing in particular, and that's one thing you really can't teach, and his arm is special. I mean, special. Yeah. But at the same time, what was disappointing to people this past year was his accuracy wasn't there. He completed a very small percentage of his passes, you know, in comparison to what the league average is. So you have to kind of balance those two things because you can have a cannon, but if you can't put it on the right spot, well, you know, look at Kyle Bowler. Look at Jamarcus Russell. These are guys who do the yeah. same thing that Josh Allen did. And the important thing for him is to prove that you are more than just that rocket arm kind of guy. Uh, I think there are, like we've mentioned, some really top-tier quarterbacks. Each has maybe one or two things that they need to kind of prove they could do in addition. And I think that's what Josh Allen's going to need to really show during his other workouts. Can you teach accuracy, though? That, that's the big thing. I don't know if you can teach accuracy. I don't know either. I mean, some people like to point out maybe his the people that he throw, threw to didn't have you know the skill set of some other teams. but. Be. The way I personally look at it, if you are that kind of special quarterback, you elevate those kind of players. What's the biggest need for this team? We talk about quarterback. We got a pro bowler. We got a future Hall of Famer here under center. We're going to be fine here for the next couple of years at least. But when you look at this roster and where they may be a little bit deficient, Haley, what do you think? I would say when we talked a little bit about the linebacker position, the linebacker like an interior D lineman, someone to help – the rush defense that was the one sort of Achilles heel on this yeah. defense all season as good as they were would they give a 4.9 yards per carry I mean that's a lot you don't want to do that so if you can get a guy like just a plug-and-play guy a guy who did it in college who can translate to the NFL I think that can really really help this defense and take it to another level uh, I do agree and there are a couple top tier linebacker prospects that I think people think would help the Chargers right off the bat and that's this 19 year old freak of an athlete who's super like six foot four uh, Tremaine Edmonds out of Virginia Tech and then there's someone um, like uh, you know obviously the kid out of Georgia Roquan Smith absolutely like 
but will they be there at 17? Well, I don't know if Tremaine Edmonds is going to be there. He's like 6'5". He's, like, he's yeah, incredible. Uh, Matt Bowen said there's no comp for him unless you're talking like Brian Urlacher. Mm-hmm. So his size and just his just sheer athletic ability, you don't know if a guy like that's going to be there at top 10. Uh, Roquan Smith is a guy who just put up impressive numbers in 2017, was really a star mm-hmm. during the playoffs, too. You wonder about him at 17. I don't know if he's going to be there. Exactly. I don't think they are. So if the Chargers look at at these top players, and obviously their draft boards, nobody knows what that's going to be. I think you need to have various ways. They, they're on record as saying it needs to get better. You need to have various avenues of which to do that. And there are some guys, depth players, that are out there. I mean, I think uh, you know the, the feel-good story of the draft was Shaquem Griffin, and he, he's a linebacker. How about that? I, 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 there's no words for it. No words. I mean, the guy, it, it's unbelievable. And I think the funny thing was he was a guy whose invitation came late. So he was tardy to the party, but he, he showed out. I mean, and that's, that's I think, not speaking from experience because I will never attend a combine in my life, but I think that's what you want as a player. You want to be that guy to go out there and check all the boxes. And, and he did And beat that. the odds. And beat the odds. Beat yeah. the odds because at the Senior Bowl – he was invited to the Senior Bowl. Phil Savage, who does a great job with the Senior Bowl every year, said that he's a special teams demon. I think he said that at the beginning of the week. He got overall practice player of the week at the Senior Bowl. That combine invitation that you mentioned like came on January 30th. He ran the fastest 40 time a linebacker has ever run since 2003. He put up 20 reps on bench press without a left hand. That's, I mean, that is unbelievable. Yeah. And you, you mentioned it, guys. Linebacker is a need. This guy is catapulting up draft boards right now, and it's inspiring to see. And I, I've seen players from other teams tweet about him and just be like, I want this guy on my team because he's an inspiration. Let me ask you a question. Where would you draft him? I think it's hard not to legitimately see him as like a day two pick. I like think, I think he like might have like moved. a round like a round three pick. I don't I don't. What do you guys think? I think that he came in here as someone who has the talent and the ability to, to you know he is going to help you on special teams, and that's invaluable. The Chargers do need to improve the special teams. They yeah. did a good job in coverage unit, but obviously they need to get better there. And he's someone who could help in that area. But what he also did, I think he may have moved himself into the discussion of day two. And considering what he's overcome, that. I don't know. Honestly, I'm being honest here. This may be a little bit of hyperbole, but I don't know if there has been or ever will be as inspirational combine story as what we just saw. I tell you what, look at his tape. Look at his tape from the Peach Bowl against Auburn. He was a defensive player of the game. Plus, he has NFL bloodlines, his brother. He can play football. He can play football. <laughs> I mean, it, it's. I, I was just really happy to see him do what he did at the combine because it's, he did the exact same thing at the Senior Bowl. And uh, it's just, it's really cool to see those types of stories. A hundred percent. And I think like Ricky said, he may have moved his, you know, his name and him up a, a day or two in the draft and whatnot. And that's, I think, like talking about what I said earlier, that's what you want to do. You want to go in and you want to do whatever you can to improve your draft stock and make sure that you're, you know, you're a guy that you want teams to come after you. And I think he did that. It's a nice segue into this next question, because I think we're all in agreement. Maybe the most impressive prospect was Shaquem Griffin. Yeah. yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Besides Griffin, who impressed you most, Ricky, regardless of position? I mean, it wasn't Orlando Brown. I mean, he put forward yeah, one. He had, of the, a, he had a tough yeah. combine because Orlando Brown was was regarded as a first round pick going I, into this. I, I think he still should be simply because. Do you? Well, yeah. I mean, the combine is one thing, but how often do you need to see a you know offensive lineman run that kind of forty? His bench press was obviously will get looked at, but I look at what Baker Mayfield said, and when he was on the field against some of the best competition in the league. 
he didn't allow a sack. So, I mean, you can't – obviously, I think his follow-up workouts, his pro day is going to be really telling. I would expect and hope a guy like that would, would do better, and I think he will. Uh, but to get back to what you said, it's kind of low-hanging fruit here, but Saquon Barkley. Yeah. I mean, that was – I mean, whew. I talked to LT on Saturday – and he Barkley's said, a freak. Barkley he, is yes. being considered him one overall. When Bart, when you have Ladanian Tomlinson say this guy may be the best running back prospects I've seen, that to me speaks volumes more than anything else he could say. Yeah, that's a that's a mic dropper right there. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And I think the one thing with Orlando Brown too, and and you know, this this kind of goes with the the Darnold and whatnot. You get the guys at their pro days, and you hope for maybe better results in certain areas. I don't think you know. I think sometimes we read too much into the combine, but. Um, yeah, but yeah, and speaking of Saquon Barkley, I mean, my God, like I just there are no words. That guy is out of control. This running back group, I think it's quite deep. And we talked a little bit earlier about maybe positions the Chargers may look at. I I'm telling you, I think the Chargers could very well add a running back in here if it's deep. Uh, people are saying guys like Rashad Penny out of SDSU would be a good fit. And yeah. There, look, Melvin Gordon. It was funny just to touch back on what we learned from Tom and Lynn and. Most people are like, you know, Gordon's your bell cow. Like, how do you want to maybe limit his workload? And he's like, I want to see him go more. I mean, we he got, you know, we want to run the ball even more. But you need somebody who could emulate his skill set. So if you get someone in who could, you know, really when, when Melvin needs a breather, not lose a beat, and then you have that change of pace back in Eckler, I think running back is an area that is deep in this draft and could really add that another dynamic to a, a great offense to really t- help the Chargers take that next step in 2018. I think a guy that we talked about during Chargers Live over the draft was Royce Freeman out of Oregon. That's and right. He's an Imperial guy, and I had talked, I saw him when he played in high school, but looking at, at what he ran, he ran, I mean, he's 5'11", 229. He ran a 440 solid and people are saying like his draft stock is kind of rising he's a little more that bruising like thick kind of back but um but interesting to see you know somewhat of a formal local guy who went up to Oregon and now is you know kind of trying to make it and and I was I was pleased having watched him in high school see like okay he's on the upswing and and that's God that's good I I posed this question to Matt Bowen (laughs) I posed this question to Matt Bowen and I'll, I'll pose it to you guys too how tempted would you be not only if you're the Chargers but any NFL team to select a running back in the second or third round based on the depth that we have in this draft class? I am a firm believer in taking the best player available, which is why I think Saquon Barkley very well could go first overall to the Browns, who have that fourth pick where they could add a quarterback or maybe one in free agency or a trade. From the Chargers, and you have the ability to add somebody that could help your offense, you take them, and and I'd be very happy with that. I mean, I agree with that. And look, that happened last year in the second and third rounds where they took two offensive linemen. They knew they had to bolster that unit. They did it. So why not do it again if you feel that you can do that with another position? And Ricky, I think, too, it goes even beyond emulating Gordon because you you look at the multiple types of running backs that 